Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It is showtime, Soccer the City live on a Monday night, uh, a rather interesting day in the New York City uh, football club's history, no question about it as uh, the second coach in their history has departed mid-season. Ronnie Dyla uh, has accepted the position at Standard Liège after two and a half years in an MLS Cup title with New York City FC. He'll be replaced by Nick Cushing, his top assistant, on an interim basis. So Cushing, for now, the interim head coach. We'll get into that. Uh, he signed an extension today along with assistants Rob Bartugian and Mehdi Belushi. So we're going to hear from Ronnie Dyla a little past. He has not made any present comments about his departure. Nick Cushing today, and also something I did with him earlier in the year, well, earlier two years ago. You'll, get, you'll hear that. It's pretty interesting, I think. David Lee, sporting director, today's press conference. Uh, Alexander Collins, rough day for our guy Collins. Uh, Peru knocked out on penalties, although Collins made his penalty like he did against New England and Portland in the MLS uh, Cup playoffs. And uh, World Cup venues are going to be announced on Thursday. They're having a big extravaganza at the uh, Statue of Liberty uh, for the uh, what we would imagine is the, uh, well, it's all the North American announcements, and we figure MetLife Stadium uh, will certainly be one of them. Uh, ironically, on the same night that Paul McCartney, one of the Beatles, will be performing at MetLife Stadium. Here they are, everybody. I'm Glenn Crooks, and uh, these other two guys are here. They're uh, part of the uh, broadcast team for New York City FC on the radio commentary side. I'm on the English. Roberto Abramowitz on the Spanish, and John Rojas, who can do either. He's really remarkable, and as Roberto reminded me, yes, he did an English commentary as well a couple of times. So uh, I don't want to forget that, Roberto. So forgive me uh, at any time that uh, I don't make that clear. But, gents, uh, uh, the, the news that we're going to spend uh, most of the hour on, Ronnie Dyla gone, and uh, Nick Cushing is, is the main man now. And I guess no surprise over the recent reports. And what we discovered for the press conference today that uh, Standard Liège contacted Ronnie Dyla or his representatives and the club, 
had to contact the club because of this compensation feature, seven figures, low seven figures that New York City is getting for this. But it was only about a week ago. So things happen uh, pretty quickly. Yes? That is accurate. That's 100% accurate. Within a week, everything happened. As a, as a matter of fact, I had spoken with Efrain Juarez on Friday afternoon, and he said that, you know, he hadn't heard anything at that point and that he was he had just come back from Mexico and that he was going to speak to Ronnie that night. And then the next morning he texts me and he says, yeah, the story's happening. We're very close to signing. It's going to happen. So um, that, that's how I found out. And um, that it that it was true. So, yeah, everything happened very, very quickly. And then um, the announcement was uh, made today. But, the, you know, the team was ready for this. The fact that they had Nick Cushing there, you know, the team is ready for this. I, I really feel that it's going to be a smooth transition. I don't think, you know, it's not like you're bringing somebody fresh who doesn't know the team and they've got to start from zero or anything like that. So, you know, I, I think it's, uh, it, it's a good situation for Nick Cushing and it's his job to lose. John, were you at all surprised? by Ronnie Dyla's departure, not necessarily maybe the departure, but going to a, a Belgium team, finished 14th. Uh, you'd have to look at uh, the top tier of, of Belgian football. You can't rate it that much higher, I guess not much lower than uh, Major League Soccer, but what do you think? Yeah, I mean, if you um, if you don't have information, you may be surprised. Uh, if you read between the lines and, and the events that were coming through the season, it is a huge uh, chance, a huge opportunity that he will leave in the middle of the season because the fact of the European transfer market is happening right now, right? The window just opened for clubs and it's going to end on August. So they need the coaches to start preseason and build those rosters. And as uh, it was mentioned, for example, today in the press conference, um, the conversations between the club, New York City FC, and Ronnie Dyla to work on an extension began after the final, right? So you have six months and you don't have an extension of contract. That means he had his options. He wanted to have his options open to go back to Europe. Well, here is uh, Sporting Director David Lee today addressing just that. The conversations were fairly normal. We, we, I think Ronnie was interested in staying. We were interested in keeping him. Um, and then I think the conversations have progressed over a number of months until we get to this point. And I think, you know, Ronnie said in the release today, it was a really hard decision. And I know from speaking to Ronnie a lot over the last couple of weeks in particular, it's been it's been very difficult for him to, to try and decide. But, um, you know, we the, the plan was not to come into the season and, and have a coaching change in mid-season. I think we wanted Ronnie to stay. And, you know, we now get to this point where we weren't able to agree an extension before now. And um, and Standard Liège were able to, to meet a clause in his contract that meant he had a decision to make. Yeah, and there, there whoop, John, we can't hear you. Got to get your mic back on, yeah, Johnny. Okay. I got you. Yeah, because right. it comes a question right away for me to you. It's not run for Ronnie. It's actually the, the, the way the business goes about. But the fact that they started the conversations and, you know, yes, uh, David Lee says he wanted to stay. But at the end of the day, he wanted to stay. But at the end of the day, if there is another option that takes me back to Europe, I will leave. And that's why I have this window open. Otherwise, he will sign an extension right away as soon as, you know, they got into agreement on the economical side. So it wasn't the economical side. It wasn't. It was just a battle of, a better package for him in terms of being maybe closer to home and that kind of stuff. 
But well, the there's also is, a there's also yeah. a relationship there, John. Uh, mm-hmm. Fergal exactly. Harkin was named the sporting director on May the seventeenth at Standard Liège. He was the football partnerships and pathways manager at Manchester City, and they knew each other and had a relationship. So it's not accidental this uh, new partnership at Standard Liège, where if they're in, they were fourteenth at the table this year, he could almost only be a rock star. You know, there's right. only, only one way to go, but up uh, almost. Well, you know, they, they, there's something important about that 14th place, okay? So this is a team that is accustomed to, to success. Uh, up until 2008, 2009, which is the last time that they won a championship, this is a team that won 10 championships in, in, in Belgium. Uh, the last time that they won a cup championship was 2017, 2018. But it's a team that's really been in a lot of turmoil. Okay, this is a team, again, that is accustomed to success and lately it hasn't had it. And he's walking into a little bit of a buzzsaw over here. I'm sure he did his homework. I'm sure they're paying him well. I'm hoping that they allow him to bring in some players because obviously they finished 14th in the table. They were 41 points below the, the champion. I mean, that's a lot. And uh, they were much closer, obviously, to the bottom than they were to the top. But here's the thing that's interesting. Since 2015, Standard Liège has had 14 coaches. That's 14 coaches in seven years. That is outstanding in a really, really bad way. So, uh, and four, if, four if coaches and stability. four, Roberto, yeah. can you hear me? Four coaches in the last three years. I just want to add to the discussion. Go ahead. Yeah. And so, no, that, that, that's, a, that, that's the situation is that th- this is a team that is very impatient about trying to become good again. So now let's see that there's changes, not only coach, but even further at the top, if they're going to invest some money to try to be able to get players because they're obviously not good enough. There's major problems there. And uh, well, it's a huge challenge. And if he can make that team successful, then, uh, you know, then it's, it's a great adventure. It's a, uh... It's another new ex-New York City coach to follow. We've got Jason Kreis, an assistant in Miami. Uh, Patrick, uh, who had great success at Crystal Palace, getting to the Premier League. Where he, pardon? Let's start with Patrick. Well, I'm just going in order, man. (laughs) And then Dome Dome Tarong, Galatasaray, he's there right now in negotiations. Are they going to re-up him after uh, what was a a less than mid-table finish? And then uh, now Ronnie Dyler with a challenge at Standard Liège and uh, an interim coach, Nick Cushing. So I did ask David Lee if Nick Cushing was indeed a strong candidate to become the permanent coach. Absolutely. Um, I think we've we've made clear that we think Nick's a fantastic coach. And I think given the suddenness of the transition, I think it, it makes sense for, for all parties to sort of assess, see where things are for everybody to be able to take a take a breath and, and go through this process. I think we want to um, look at external candidates and see if there might be someone suitable. But I think we're very fortunate to have a really strong candidate inside our own club in Nick, who, who's done a fantastic job as being a head coach before and, and is someone that we really value really highly. So we're really excited for what he can do. Um, but I think we want to make sure that we sort of just take our time, go through a, a process, given how suddenly this came about towards the end of last week. Yeah, John. So, you know, that interim tag, I sometimes wonder, well, why not just give him the permanent tag? But the idea is, is that they are going to, if something really amazing emerges, then they're going to take a close look at it, I would assume. And, uh, you know, we're in that position, though, where 
like you said earlier, MLS and the European seasons are are set up so differently that uh, that's why Patrick Vieira then Arani Dyla are um, if they're going to make a decision to go, this is when it's going to happen. Um, unless somebody gets sacked overseas, you know, after the MLS season, and then sometimes that can work out as well. So I, I think there, there's every confidence that uh, Nick Cushing um, will get that permanent position. I mean, even he said it today, right? It, that wasn't my ambition when I came to New York City FC. I never thought, okay, I'm going to go there and be an assistant, and at some point I will have to be the manager on my own. Uh, even him saying that it doesn't mean that, that that's the natural progression of his career, right? He took the leave, he came, he's working, and at the same time, and decisions like Patrick did or, or Ronnie now, they're stepping away from the group, right, from the city group. So in the case of Nick, he is being uh, not only pursued, but uh, but feed by the group. He teaches, he learns their uh their model of play methodology so he is from the house and well, he's here and players know them right he's working with the players he, he we all know that his voice was uh not only in important for ronnie but for the players and that they create that relationship so for him today is more like okay you want you guys want to make an announcement but for me it's like if ronnie is taking some days off i'm here same thing and this is about what he said today. Yeah, I, th I think naturally when coaches leave and coaching positions change externally, I think there is a lot of change and there is a lot of differences because coaches come with different ideas and they come from different places and and, and they want to, you know, they want to use their own philosophy and they want to use their own methods of of preparing the team. I think here naturally because I'm an internal candidate and I've been, like I say, you know, I've been here. A long time and I'm really fortunate I've been developed within the organization from a young coach to where I am now we, we have a, a shared philosophy that goes across all of our teams across CFG so I think it's a natural progression for me personally I think it's a, a natural almost a natural change but I don't see too many changes because you know we, we all share the same the same way that we see the game and, and we have a shared methodology so I, you know I don't think it's as aggressive as as an external change in this moment. No question about that. We would expect he's going to have something that he does a little differently than Patrick uh, and that uh, rather than, than Ronnie and then maybe then and Patrick too, since they're all in the same, uh, that's all, all in the similar methodology mode, but, but every coach has their own thing. John, you're muted. Again. So that's the, that's the importance of this Glenn, uh, we're talking about a club that has a clear philosophy, a clear methodology, a clear style of play, right? So they are like covered by that. The, the, the elements of the club, this development of the football club are on top of the coaches. So any coach that comes in, yes, they're going to have some kind of tweaks, their own personality on that. But at the end of the day, the biggest elements of the philosophy are from the club. So that's why a guy like Nick is an important piece on any club. We remember back then when he was uh, assigned, basically, or named by New York City FC, uh, we, we thought in that moment, right? I mean, they bring in someone from the house. So if something doesn't work with Ronnie Dyla, 
they have a replacement right there. Yeah, and at some point when they the, won't say that, but yeah, it, it makes no, sense. We yeah. did, we did it. We did it from the outside. Yeah. Right. He's been with, he's been with city football group since 2006. And we're going to get into a little bit of that from, from a, a previous interview and, and what he said today too. But Roberto, you know, he's been ingrained. I mean, he was a volunteer with nine year old boys and he's worked his way up, including coaching women, the, the men's city women for their, the first seven years of their existence and winning trophies six titles yeah six trophies and now he's getting a chance as a as a head coach on the men's side yeah going to back to what john was saying because i think it's a, it's a really good point it's slightly different from a restaurant right where especially like a chain restaurant if i can make that analogy because if you work for a chain restaurant i mean if you I'll go, stick with the nfl analogies but no, go ahead. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going here because I know right. how much we're john. meat now glenn <laughs> And he might be hungry, so it's stop, going to be stop, even better. Stop and shop analogies. Go ahead. Here exactly. We go. So, no, but the point being is that if you go to a, all right, let, let's say an Outback in Ohio or in California or in New Jersey, the steak has got to taste the same. The Blooming Onion has to taste the same. You're right. Yet when it comes to something like this, yes, there's a general philosophy, but the coach or the chef, if you want to, gets to experiment a little bit. It gets to put a little bit of his own style in this. And I think it's going to take a little while. I think that he's not going to try to change everything in one shot, but I think that it's going to become very, very incremental that he's going to be making some very subtle changes with the team, and, and we'll see how that goes. Uh, as you said, you know, he has his own ideas of how he wants to do things. I think it would be crazy to change everything. Uh, especially when you're coming with a team that's won seven out of its last eight games. It has six straight shutouts. I mean, there's so many things that are going well. And it's so strange to lose a coach when things are going so well. And now it's happened to New York City twice. And so, you know, normally when you make a midseason change, it's because there's a big problem. But right. this isn't the case. It's totally the contrary. This team right now is carburetting as well as it ever has. And now you have a coaching change. And you really don't want to mess this up. You want to continue to do what's working with a team that is playing extraordinarily well with an MLS. The unfortunate part about having similar methodologies and menus in restaurants is if it's Olive Garden, because it tastes the same at every Olive Garden as well. Just thought I'd throw that out there. But uh, anyway, yeah, Nick Cushing. Well, let's let's hear a little bit more from uh, the new head coach. For New York City FC, who has had head coaching experience, I think one of the positives is I've done this role previously, and although I've been an assistant coach for the last three years, three seasons, previous to that I was a head coach for seven years, and so I'm comfortable in this role. I, I understand how the role is slightly different in in responsibility, in decision making, in how you have to approach the role. Um, but I think one thing that we have done really well over the last three years is we've built a solid process with this team. And not only do we have a solid working process, we have a team that has a real high work ethic. And when you have those two things, I think this change can be a little bit smoother. And, and actually, we can get the consistency with the team. And I think, you know, coming off the training pitch today, you know, I was really pleased with the way that the training session went. And of course, there will be some slight changes and some small little things because every coach has their ideas. But, you know, I, I continue to, to reiterate that when we hire coaches in this organisation, it's because they share the same philosophy that 
that our organisation has. And, and that was no different with Ronnie, that he was hired because he, he saw the game the same way that our methodology and our philosophy is. I'm no different. So I don't think you'll see so many big changes. I think you'll see a team that is prepared to go into the game and, and continue the performance level that we've had. And there's Nick Cushing from today, the new uh, interim head coach for uh, New York City FC. And before we continue, I want to play one more from Nick, but this is from May of 2020. If you don't remember this interview, you may find it interesting. It's on my YouTube channel. I put it up today on Twitter. It's 33 minutes with Nick Cushing, two, minute, two months after he arrived from England to take over this position and get hit with the pandemic. Uh, he's essentially uh, talking to me from his closet. Look, at, look at the closet. It's not he's even. Try, he's trying to get away. Yet. He's trying to get away from his kids, but it, it's his journey, which I think <laughs> you know. I think uh, New York City supporters would be interested. It, we should be clear. You started as a volunteer when you first came into Man City, right? When you were working at the real low levels. I'm curious, and you talked about you've gotten your badges along the way, but where were you soaking it all in? Were you just hanging out there all day, and were you allowed to just kind of wander around and, and watch everybody uh, watch everybody operate? Yeah, that, that first job in recruitment started off voluntary and was, I actually lived 45 miles from Manchester and used to drive to Manchester to, to do the coaching and started off on a Sunday morning and then asked for some more hours and did a Sunday morning and a Monday evening and then three days a week and then end up doing five nights a week. And if I could, because at the time I was, I was actually to, to supplement that I was actually doing a cleaning job, which was in the morning, just simple work. It was actually a bowling alley. I was cleaning the bowling lanes, which would allow me to work nine in the morning till 12 o'clock. So then well, that's, that's an important job. Those lanes have to be, uh, yeah, they have to yeah. be polished a, a certain job. way, right? Yeah. <laughs> but because I finished at 12 in the afternoon, it gave me, even though I wasn't coaching until five in the evening, I could go up to Manchester at one o'clock and just watch. And wow. they allowed me to to stand on the side of the training pitch and watch the under-18s boys and watch the reserve team and, and talk to the coaches. And I think you build rapport with people through asking questions. And I think you build up respect and, and, and people start to see that you have a real desire and a drive to want to move on. And I think people give you opportunity then. And, and I can't say that I was, I can't say I had this plan in my head. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Yep. 
So he goes on and coaches the Man City women, wins all those trophies. City Football Group sends him across the pond here to New York City FC, and now he's the uh, head coach. I, I always love the journeys, not just in coaching, anybody's journey. That They're always mighty interesting. That's what the game is full of, Glenn. Stories. Yeah. We're all human beings, players, professional players, top athletes, top coaches. They're all human beings. And it's important to recognize that. And, and I think one of the little adjustments that Nick will have to make soon uh, is exactly that. I mean, the relationships. You know this, the relationship between the head coach and the assistant coach with the players is different. The assistant coach is more relatable re with the players. He plays more with them. He jokes around, make their lives easier. And, sure. and the head coach is the one with the decisions and the hard, you know, the tough love and that kind of stuff. So now, well, John, John when, we go to, uh -huh. when, when we go to training sessions, you know, Nick generally, when we go to sessions, Nick generally is in the trenches and he's really, you know, providing a lot of the energy in the session. And Ronnie Dyla is just arms folded on the side and he's really observing. And that's one of the things I respected about Ronnie because he did make decisions based on training. And that's why when you went and watched them train, they were massively competitive because the players knew he took that seriously. But yeah, I, I didn't mean to interrupt, but you're right that. The assistant, you know, sometimes their role is to kind of maybe hear a player out that's got a little exactly. bit of an issue, that right. sort of thing. And but, but you do that, you know that as a player or as a coach, you know that the players come to the assistant coach and say, "Hey, can you talk yeah. to the guy? He's giving me too much today. I'm I'm this and that, and I just yeah. I don't want him to take me wrong, whatever." Now it's different because he's the one making the decisions. But also something that's very important is it, it is that he sits back and watches everything. He's a delegator. Right. I mean, he there was uh, every coach had a pot of players that they were responsible for. And so, you know, it was they were talking directly to those players all the time and training with those players a lot in, in different areas. And so now with Efrain leaving, for instance, that's going to become, you know, a, a very important part of this as well. Not only Ronnie leaving, but Efrain leaving because Efrain was a guy who translated he was the bridge between Ronnie and everybody who either only speaks Spanish or barely speak any English. So now with Efrain gone, now they've got to replace that part of communication. Now, they've, as 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 uh, David Lee said, you know, they, they've got a lot of staff that's at Orangeburg all the time, and they're able to they're going to be able to communicate that way and I things like that in the interim. But I think that that's something that they're going to have to eventually replace. Wicho has to step up right now, and that's his spotlight right now. I know he's a goalkeeper. He may be training part of the training sessions with, right, with a goalkeeper crew, but he's the most, you know, uh, I will say the most uh, prepared person to come and talk to the guys. He's a player, and he can help the, the coaching staff with that kind of translation and messages and that kind of stuff, at least for the you know, short term. And Eber has to step in for the uh, the Brazilian Brazilians and, and the yeah. Portuguese too, perhaps. You yeah. know, I mean, yeah, yeah. he's going to be able Maxi to. Morales will do it too. But my point with Wicho is that he has, you know, he's Luis Barraza, he's a native, yeah. right? Yeah. Luis Barraza. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Thank you for the, you know, well, John, John, the name. on a you know, uh, for beyond first name uh, relationship <laughs> nice. with Wicho. Yeah. 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 Sorry, sorry no. Well, I uh, my first thought again, and this is from the sporting side, which is generally where it goes first for me, is you're down two assistants. Excuse me, you're down two coaches, mm. and 
everybody has these specific roles, not only the morning of training, the training day, the game day, during the game, halftime. I mean, you have all these specific roles which are now going to have to be adjusted or someone's going to have to do more than they used to, you know, that sort of thing. So we don't have – I don't think they've worked out specifically how that's all going to go yet because that, that question was sort of asked in, in both uh, pressers. But one thing I, uh, I wanted to ask David Lee, and this kind of plays into this uh, missing two coaches. So you've had two coaches, Patrick Vieira and now Ronnie Dyla, leaving mid-season. So I wanted him to like compare and contrast. I think they are similar in terms of time, but I think they're also very, very different. Um, you know, when Patrick left, I believe there was four members of staff uh, departed at the same uh, with Patrick when he went to Nice. This time we're only talking about two. Um, so I think that, that makes a difference. We also, um, when Patrick left, we hired externally um, immediately to, to fill the role. And I think what we've tried to build is you know, a succession plan and stability and have people in place who we believe are ready to have a next step in their career and, and next step for when those opportunities arrive. And we think that's the case, obviously, with Nick and and, uh, and Rob and, and Mehdi to continue the fantastic work that they've been doing for this club for several years. And so, um, you know, I think that the situations are similar in timing, but I think they are also slightly different, both in, you know, a, I think how, how stable I think we, we feel right now and around the club. And I think that's been a really key part of our messaging to the players over the past few days is, is the support staff and everything around the players is, is remaining very, very consistent. Um, and then, and then, like I say, being able to be in a position and very fortunate position to have somebody like Nick, who we believe is ready to, to step up and, and step into the head coach role, um, is also slightly different than, than, uh, when Patrick departed, uh, 2018. Yeah, I think I remember vividly, Roberto, uh, and Rob Vertugian was mentioned there, Medi Belushi, both uh, congratulations to them, both signing contract extensions today. But uh, Dolme Tarant, who was the external candidate, but worked for City Football Group, so external, internal, but I know that the difference, internal meaning New York City FC versus uh, somewhere else within City Football Group, but uh, Dome Tehran had visa issues as far as getting into the country. It was two weeks before he even got here. And Robert Tugian was uh, partially running training sessions and showing practice clips to Dome. And they were trying to uh, formulate a plan and they really hadn't even met. So there's a huge difference there. <laughs> yeah, because this is going to be much smoother. And, I, you know, I think the, set, the team was set up for success by having somebody like Cushing there. Uh, for all this time, because if, if it came to the point where Ronnie was going to leave either because he was very good or he was very bad, then, they, you know, they had, a, they had a succession plan there. So, you know, the team is set up pretty, pretty well. And, uh, you know, I'm interested to see. I'm really curious to see what happens with New York City going forward. Uh, I'm not, you know, scared for the team, and I don't think the fans should be either. I'm just curious to see, you know, what winds up happening because these are – situations that don't happen very often as i mentioned before normally when you change a coach mid-season is because things are going horrifically wrong not because you know things are going tremendously well and it would appear that uh nick cushing in his interim role as the new york city continues their season on sunday against colorado on an eight game unbeaten streak they're in first place in the east second place overall and David Lee said today, and he would know, 
there doesn't seem to be much moving on the uh, Tati Castellanos. Everyone, I'm sure, can imagine when when you have a player performing at the level as Tati has consistently now over the past 18 months, there's a lot of interest, and um, I'm expecting that interest to continue or potentially increase as sort of the, the summer market gets busier in Europe. Um, we've had men- a lot of interest, a lot of phone calls. We haven't had a, a bid we've received during Tati's time here yet that we've believed is acceptable and so you know I'm sure that will continue and the interest will continue and, and potentially bids will continue to come in for him because he's a fantastic player and is, is doing an unbelievable job for our team and so um, I expect that to continue but as of now uh, there's no no tangible update really we haven't received an offer that we think is acceptable and um, until that happens you know then then Tati remains in the team and we're looking forward to him continuing to perform and, and score lots of goals for us and and I'm sure there will be continue to be interest in him and we'll assess that when that when those offers come we'll assess that and, and decide if we think an opportunity is right for him all right sounds like we got at least a few more games with Tati but uh, things could come in at any moment July 7th the uh, official window opens right where uh movement can uh, be had with tati either overseas or uh, south america so i think we yeah, have a clearer he, he... idea though i'm sorry john just let me finish this one thought i think we have a clearer idea what the valuation for tati is now and it's above 15 million dollars and uh if they can get anything above 15 million it's going to go it was interesting because taylor twelman i think said on i didn't see it but i read it on twitter that he had said at halftime on their game yesterday that that Tati was going to stay and that he wasn't, uh, that that was going to stay throughout the season. Um, I don't think he I said think it quite like that. Ever, no, I watched that? that. I don't think he said it quite like that. Okay. So well, what, what did he Plus, say? I don't think I, said, I, I read it on Twitter that way. So, okay. I'm just saying I watched it. I don't think he said it quite that way. Plus well, I tell don't... me what he said then, because I don't want to misquote him. No, he said that there's no movement. There's no, um, um, there's nothing um, immediate that's going to happen. But I don't yeah, believe he I said exactly. He said exactly what David Lee said. There's being calls in contact, but there is not an offer on the table. There's nothing concrete on the table. That's what he said. So now we don't tell her twelve minutes source. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I mean, and, and and don't and don't say that. Don't tell that to Bruce Arena. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how that's going on. And just a little parenthesis there, talking about Twelman, but. Because he said something about a New England Revolution and the possibility to get a DP. And he said, I am totally 100%. I have my sources and they're working to bring a DP to replace Buxa. And then a reporter asked Bruce Arena, he said, I don't know how in hell he knows that. So, and this is a team that is managed, right? <laughs> he's the sport director, he's the coach. Yeah. So it's Bruce Arena and Bruce Arena. So, yeah. <laughs> Bruce Arena reports well, to Bruce Arena, basically. Anyways, well, what, yeah. Well, what, so, he, every, every, the you know, he's a polarizing figure, Twelman, but he normally has it correct. I'll have to yeah, say. Yeah, he's, he's very yeah. good at, at his sources and stuff like that. Normally, he's very, very good. And I'm glad that you cleared up what, uh, you know, what he said, because what I had read on Twitter, uh, and they were paraphrasing him, I guess, was that Tati was going to stay here the rest of the year. And uh, maybe that's maybe somebody added that on. As opposed to him saying that, you can't say but that they're going to need they're going to need a bad, they're going to need somewhere between sixteen and eighteen million dollars to to pry him loose out of New York City. And you know it's, you hope that somebody like Leeds has that because it would be absolutely fascinating to see Brendan Aronson, Harrison, and Valentin Castellanos running wild in in, in the Premier League next year. That'd be freaking great. They are It'd three great. Fit. 
They're three you know fit worst, players, you know, very fit yeah, players. Right. <laughs> yeah. Glenn, you know what's the what is the worst part of this that Robert just mentioned about Tati and Leeds United? No. What? When did I mention you guys, Leeds United and Tati Castellanos? I, John, I don't, I don't mark your stuff on the calendar. I'm really sorry, <laughs> but I know well, you know. When did you tell us? In 2020, we, May of 2020, we, right after the Cushing is, interview. That is correct. Okay. Around 2020, Marcelo Bielsa was still there, and he yeah. was a target. He's yeah. a target from there because it's not about the coaching stuff. It's about how they have settled the whole uh, scouting system and recruitment system at, at least United that is working around the, the globe. But listen, with him. The window in England, the, the, the window is open. It opened on the 10th. The transfer will be official beginning on July 1st and it's going to close in September. So time is what the teams have right now. They are playing with that on their transactions. They are waiting to see if someone else comes for the player that they really want. If that player is not moving, they can keep their lower offer instead of going to the top number. And, and that's the game that is going on right now. So the fact that it's not uh, an official offer on the table doesn't mean that there's no team ready to do it. It's more than they playing the game. It's a big it's a big game of chicken. You know what Twitter is going to be like for the next month around Tati Castellanos? Between the agent trying to plan some stories here and there, maybe, or, you know, about interest and, and all of that and trying to get somebody to step up. You know, you thought the Palmeiras stuff was crazy? Wait. It's going to be worse. Well, how about our boy Alexander Collins? He's going to come back this weekend. Oh. Uh, a pretty disappointed fellow. You know, I think we all are. You feel for him. Peru didn't have it today, though, boys. I mean, I, I, you know, I watched a majority of the match. And, you know, I thought Australia, you know, had a, had a lot of opportunities themselves, which they failed to catch in on. Roberto, I saw your text on the group text talking about Peru and not catching it on their chances. My goodness, Australia in the first half, they just couldn't uh, drive the ball to the front post properly. Timing, neither team looked uh, particularly good, but uh, but Peru not near their perfect. Huh? God, the, in Spanish we have a saying, el menos malo ganó, which is the team that was that, that uh, was the least worst one. Uh, we didn't see the best version of Peru. We didn't see the best version of Australia, I presume. I haven't seen the Socceroos play lately, but that wasn't a good game for either of them. Uh, Peru played scared. They made so many mental mistakes, uh, especially when they were close to the box. Nice, simple passes would have opened up some lanes on the outside, and they kept on doing things that you're just like, why didn't release this pass? Why didn't he do this? It was a, it was a lot of that. And, uh, I mean, they came close. Edison Flores from DC United was on his way to Atlas. He had a great header, but it hit the post. Um, I thought that uh, Australia had the better chances for sure. They had the much clearer chances, but they couldn't put them in. Galesa made some saves, and they had some horrific shots. I mean, when they were wide open, and they literally shanked them. So uh, it was a tough game to watch. So much riding on the line. Pressure got to both teams. And uh, at the end of the day, Australia survives in penalty kicks. Well, how about uh, the... I, you know, you, you love these moments, too, uh, for Australia. They change keepers for the PKs, which, um, well, you know, a coach, uh, you know, knows his players better than anybody. But the Andrew Redamane came in for Matt Ryan just a couple of minutes before the end of, uh, of extra time. And he was a nut job uh, along the 
I, I've never seen a goalkeeper do it quite like that. He's huge. I think he was, they said he was 6'4", and he was just running back and forth across the line, waving his arms, and I, there was one he should have saved, I think, and he didn't because he was flailing around so much in preparation, but I guess at the end it worked. Not on Collins. Our boy Collins converts another penalty. You have a homework, Glenn. I have homework? Yeah. Okay. So all the movement that the goalkeeper had on the line, which is legal, by the way, he can I'm do gonna whatever get my he guy, wants. I'm going to get my guy Garrett Jordan on this, but go ahead, John. Okay, yeah. okay. So he can do whatever he wants if he's stepping on the line. Right. So, you know, let's take that away. It's legal what he's doing. Yeah, I'm not saying it's it was not, illegal. No, no, because there's people that may think about it. Um, it's not the first time that he does this. He does it on a regular basis when he has a – it's not no 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 a regular PK, but when he has any kind of shutout, he does it. And pay attention to the moment between the whistle, the blow of the whistle, and the taker. Okay, because that is the moment which he uses to move around on the line. So those takers that are closer to the ball have more chances to convert the PK. Because he had more, you know, he has less time and he is on their heads less time. Yeah. Those takers that are taking a lot of space between the ball before taking the shot are the ones that are more influenced by his movement. Wouldn't it be an advantage to maybe do the stutter step that we yep. see Castellanos do with a keeper doing all that? Uh, and if, if someone's listening or watching and you, you got to go back and watch it. So that's interesting that he does it during a shootout, but he wouldn't do it if there was a PK during the course of, uh, of, of the it, regular it game. It has to be an important PK for him to do it. I don't, and again, I don't get that. You want to say yeah, that either I was going to say all PKs are sense. pretty important. Yeah. Yeah. Unless yeah, well, it's a 5 nothing blowout at the point. Well, you don't, you, don't take a, you don't take a PK with a Panenka every time, for example. Right. So I have a question for you, John, because I think this is the perfect uh, – you're the perfect guy to answer this. So if you're facing him, you already said that you would take a short run-up to yes. it. So yes. what are you, one, thinking about as you're running up to the ball? And wh where would you place the ball? How would you take that penalty kick? For me, it would be – and I'm lefty, so it, it, it comes into an account. You have to take that into consideration if, if the take it is right or left. But I'm being lefty. I will take no more than three steps, and I had to shoot as – you know, a strong, of course, but down on the corners, lower corners. I'm not going to take anything high because he's a huge guy. And yeah. he, will, he may be moving by the by the side that I'm decided to take it at that point. Yeah, but the right? one that he didn't save, John, he went low. Uh, I don't remember the He went the low kick. to his right. He went low to his right. High to his right. Yeah, and the ball went yeah. like just a, less than a foot over his extended right hand. So in that case... And then Collins, he blasted his high to Collins, right? The shooter's right. The one, the one that Collins, for example, is the, the confident PK. You know, yeah. I don't care what he's doing. I don't care who's he. I'm going to put it right there, period. And he did it. And he did it and hit it as hard as he hit the ones in New England and Portland, by the way. He took a little bit yeah, off the of difference it. is Everybody he took the left instead of the center. Yeah, Almost side netting. I wonder. Yeah. I I wonder if the coach selected him. I have no idea if Collins would have been in position to take PKs prior to the MLS Cup playoffs last year when he when he drilled them. I wonder if that's what put him in the lineup for Peru today. Be curious to find out. Well, Maybe they he'll... never had they no, never had a, a shutout before. He's been a starter for Peru since Copa America. Since midway of Copa America, he's been 
once they put him in there, he's he's played every single game. I mean, I'm not talking. I'm talking about unmovable. PK. I'm talking about PKs. I'm oh. talking about uh, the I shootout. You, I thought you said place him in the lineup. Sorry. You should be sorry. Not yeah. listening to me again. Not not only for that. Yeah, he doesn't listen. He sent texts during important games, knowing that he's text. I know he's texting. What's going on in basketball tonight? The Rangers are eliminated. What can we tie? Hey, I, I was at the. We, I was with Roberto and Maddie Lawrence and my son. You know, watching the Rangers after uh, we'd gone to see Al Demiola at the Blue Note down in the Village, and then went to uh, G. Is it GMT? Is that correct? Something like that. Yeah. GMT Tavern, uh, which is one of Maddie's hangouts. He's got a friend that owns the bar, I think, and. Um, Watching the Ranger, boy, that was disappointing. And yeah, uh, and we got out of there to catch the train back to the big. The minute, the, the minute Ryan Strom missed that, uh, missed that sitter in front of goal with about four minutes to go, and I was like, "That's the series right there." And sure enough, it's such a New it. York state of mind. You know, the Rangers are such a big part of the fabric, as are the Knicks. But my goodness, what yeah. can we do? And and New York City FC, you just wonder. You still. Uh, you still see pundits slipping and saying, "Wow, first playoff win for a New York team in you know since 2010." Yeah. Huh? yeah, but they're not slipping. That's it. That's the problem. If they were slipping, you'd say, "All right, uh, you know, I understand this." They purposely leave it out. They keep on going back to the Giants winning Super the Super Bowl in February of 2013. It's not that they forgot that New York City won. They know New York City won. They don't care. They just said soccer, so it's not important. I, I and suppose, that's the issue that you have, or I that guess. especially I have, with these uh, when when they keep on, you know, well, we talking all about have. well, New York hasn't won a championship since 2013. It's like really screw you. Well, maybe they haven't. You know, they aren't ignoring it and know it. Maybe they just don't know it because they refuse to follow the game. Who knows? But uh, you know what? I don't I personally don't get too hung up on that. I'd say just let's keep doing our thing. Uh, anybody that covers the sport, keep doing your thing. Uh, the uh, MLS and their clubs, it's a massive responsibility to make sure that your players and coaches are available on a frequent basis to help promote yes. the product, which is not always the case. And, you know, that's it's. It's all our responsibility just to do our best. And look, you know, there's certain guys, there's certain football, American football guys, you're not going to turn their mind ever. I like, I like that coach mentality, Glenn. Thank you. Just control what you can control. Control what you can control. Don't get too caught up in it. You know, like, uh, you know, being offended that more people don't, you know, just follow the game, period. You know, who, I, listen, if they don't want to follow the game, I don't care. You go you blow know, candles. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> We can get up every morning of the week and watch a game on the tube now. I mean, how cool hey, is to that? Get, to get back on yeah. the, the news of the day, um, yes. for, for those who want to know, follow, or keep an eye on, on Ronnie's tenure now on the, at the Belgium League, the, nick, the nickname of the team is the Reds. And I don't know if that sits well with the Blue Nation. <laughs> but anyways, that's, that's the nickname. Second thing to pay attention to is uh, the Belgian League and the Eredivisie, which is the Netherlands League, they're working on a merge. All the clubs from the Belgian League voted already in favor or merging with the Eredivisie. Uh, wow. it's, taking, it's taking a little more time than they were expecting it. Some people say, some experts there say they may happen by 2025. Some experts say that uh, RVDC is not going to go with the whole plan that Belgium League is presenting. And there may be only a few teams that are going to be 
uh, merging with them. And in among those few teams, you will expect that the Reds are in because that's one of the iconic teams on the Belgium League. And it'll all have to do with the television contracts, I'm sure, right? Yes. I mean, that's, that's money, what all must be. survival. Yeah. yeah. And FIFA's got to approve it, right? Because it's not something, it, it's again, two countries coming together. So it just can't be done on, a, on an island per se. FIFA is going to have to get involved. Yeah, so I was speaking to Ariel about that. And Ariel was telling me uh, this, basically the same thing, that there was most likely be three or four teams that would go. Uh, that doesn't seem well, to be terrible. Well, the plan is all the teams right now. The, the, plan, yeah. uh, the plan that is official is the whole, you know, the whole roster of teams. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. And they're planning to do, you know, first division and second division with both the Belgian and the LVDs. Which would make both leagues stronger in a way. Uh, yeah. I, I understand them wanting to do that. And I think it would wind up benefiting both of them. But yeah, so TV contracts have to be there and UFS probably have to sign off and FIFA's got to have to sign off on on that happening. So I FIFA, don't like the plan. Where oh, it's by the way, three. yeah. I told you, Glenn, what will happen with Ecuador, right? <laughs> yes, you did. Ecuador is Ecuador is in. Good for Ecuador. And uh, and unfortunately, Peru is out. Australia is in after that result today. Roberto, you mentioned FIFA. So Thursday uh, uh, in the New York area, I'm in Jersey. Roberto, you're in the city. John's in Portland. Uh, whatever's going on out there. And uh, four versus four. John's team just won a championship. Congratulations, John. And, uh, yep, very good coach. There's Coach Rojas, man, going at it, man. Where's your medal? Come on, show us your medal. I don't, I don't have it with me. <laughs> it's upstairs. And so has his. Um, but these uh, these venues, so uh, so who's in and who's out? And and I think the teams, or I should say the venues, the cities, are pretty much giving it away if they're having, you know, inviting all the dignitaries from every part of the world into their, you know, into their, like, viewing party, like in L.A. and Philadelphia and I, I don't I remember all all the places, but uh, New York, New York. Atlanta. They're not going to they're not going to do that unless, unless unless they know, right? I mean, even though they're yeah. all saying no, we don't know. I yeah. said, come on, man. Dallas is Seattle having LA, a celebration? Seattle, Seattle, yeah. Miami. What's Miami situation? What do you think? 
Are they uh, holding a party? Did I, don't, I didn't see the whole list. I, I didn't see the whole list, but we'll be going Kansas there City, Thursday, right? Kansas City's having a party, Arrowhead Kansas Stadium. Yep. Okay. Now it's all they now Cutter, they didn't want the World Cup in Cutter in, in the summer because it's 130 degrees. How about Arrowhead Stadium in July? You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's a beautiful place and, and Kansas City downtown well, it's the coolest spot for everything, but it could be uh hot beyond uh and Nashville the same way. I'm just I'm I'm scrolling through the cities. I suppose Cincinnati. The Cincinnati well, here's, a, here's something Orlando, interesting though, Glenn. Denver is yes. that Canada was supposed to have three teams, right? Yeah. And it was or not three teams. I'm sorry. Canada was supposed to have three venues. Venues. And yeah. at the beginning, it was supposed to be Toronto, Montreal, and Edmonton. And Vancouver, because of all the money that FIFA wanted and all that, didn't want to didn't want to bid. They were like, "Screw that! I'm not. We're not doing this. It's going to cost us too much money." At some point, FIFA or the delegation or whoever was able to convince Vancouver to do it. And now Edmonton is out. And so it's so is Montreal. So uh, it's well, always, it, it I, there was like a report in there Toronto, was a report. There was a report. In, there was a report in front office sports this morning, which I get every morning. You should get it. It's free. It comes into your inbox. It's really got some great business stories. Front office sports. And the report was, is that I think what you just said, Toronto and Vancouver are going to be the venues, Edmonton. Yeah, I know, but I mean, this is an official report of people that follow it closely. If you don't okay, mind. but yeah, but the, but the point being, the point being is that if that happens, right, and you're saying it's official, fine, and I had read it as well. But it, when that's right. announced cool. officially, then what winds up happening is that there's a possibility of there being an eleventh city within the United States getting games. Edmonton. So that would add because in Mexico it looks like it's all well, it even might be even more because in Mexico, what I had read is that only Azteca had been approved, and maybe uh they're not going to be games in Monterey or Guadalajara, which would be horrific. I I'd be very disappointed. Really? That. Well, that's yeah. I hadn't heard that. Edmonton still thinks there's an outside chance. I don't know if his so. sports didn't tell you that, Glenn. They're not they have it. Well, that wasn't part of the story, but the story oh. was all about uh north of the border. Edmonton says they still uh have a chance that they haven't been closed out yet, so oh, okay, uh, so we'll see about that. How about uh Giorgio uh, Chiellini going from Juventus to LAFC, 37 years old? What are your thoughts, boys? While I show the numbers um, to everybody, look at the numbers on this guy, man, he's unbelievable. Oh, no, yeah, of course, he won everything that was there to win. No, with the national team, with uh, Juventus. Um, the thing is, Glenn, and I'm, I'm going to stick to to my point, to any kind of addition to the league, either uh, DPs, TAMs, international players that comes with any kind of pedigree or age. I don't care if he is 36 and I don't care if he is 21. But if they come, they had to come with the right mentality and attitude to this league and to this competition, and they will be a really good asset to the teams that they're coming to. Otherwise, I don't care if it is Messi, and I don't care if it is Tati Castellanos when he came in being no one, but with you know, yeah. if they don't come with the right mentality, Ezekiel Barco, for example, you know, yeah, you have to come with the right mentality, and then. You're going to be a really important player here, and everybody will love him. You would think Chiellini is going to be coming in with the proper attitude. It, it would be hard yeah. to, uh, it would be hard to imagine. And uh, they signed him with Tam, so no DP thing. 
Mm-hmm. And I like the fact he holds a master's in economics and economic sciences. I don't even know what that is from the University of Turin. But Very uh, nice. I mean, I, I think LAFC, I mean, obviously he can be a really important player for LAFC. And I think they're also going to treat him with kid gloves, meaning I don't think he's going to be playing too many games on artificial turf. I don't think he's going to be playing too many games in 115 degrees uh, and things like that. Uh, so, that is insane. Right. So that is I think, insane. So why are you I, wasting on his spot on someone and money on someone? No, you need a contributor. You don't need you don't need a pennant to move around and, and buckle <laughs> around. And, no, 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 no. You have a player uh, yeah, that comes and contribute, period. Okay, That's the big the point. That's the big they issue. Oh, I'll go, but I don't going to go with the heat. Oh, I'll go, but you know what? Stay home. That was the Steven no, Gerrard. That was Steven Gerrard. No, it's not that he doesn't want to play. The thing is that L.A. may want to protect him from those things. So no, because they, they want him to put everything on the field every single day. Period. Well, they've got a 19-year-old. Well, why doesn't make a change? It's a why. I, you know, it, it could work. I mean, they've got a 19-year-old center back, right? Fall, Mamadou Fall. Yeah, and, uh, yeah they, the, the, the center back for them are really good core. I mean, Mamadou Fall is a really young guy. They have... Is Segura, Segura back? Is he back yes, in from injury? he's now yeah. back from injury. Right. So he's regaining his game fitness. He needs that. You know that. So he's physically healthy now, but he needs the fitness, the game fitness. And then they have Jesus Murillo. That's the other center back. They're all young guys. I mean, not, Fall, of course, is the really young of that core. Uh, well, but 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 Chiellini will be a great addition with the other tools helping develop them and yeah. and get, get give them the 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 um, experiences that he has and taking them under his wing. But what I don't agree because I and and, and, and sorry, Robert, but it's like I'm hearing this from many other people in MLS, and this is such a bull. You know, oh, he comes for the big games because LAFC wasn't be able to win any kind of big game. So he's going to be ready for that. You don't need him for Sunday. You need him for the final. How do the heck you get in the final if you don't play on Sunday? Simple as that. You don't pay money to players to come and, you know, get the air and say, okay, I'll play when I'm when I feel we're going to win and everybody's no, 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 it. it's again, no. it's not him. It's not him. It's the it's way worse they on the institution him. if they do it. It's worse on them. Well, if the club right, well, is willing to do that, it's worst. Well, the thing but, is that we're, we're going to get a chance to see it come July and how they wind up using him. Uh, 18 we'll month, see. 18 month contract. So I he's think twice be... the age of Mamadou fall to what? So if that is too heavy on you, don't bring him in. <laughs> Of course, man. I, I would love to play imagine that. Time. Imagine that the contract is the eighteen months. You do as a, as as an institution what you're saying you're doing, right? Okay, I don't take him to uh, Salt Lake City. I don't take him to Seattle because it's, I don't take him to Atlanta. I don't take him to Colorado. Uh, so he's gonna play what 10, 15 games in eighteen months for them just because I'm taking care of him. I don't need to take care of a player. I need to take care of my club as a club. All right. Well, I see what I, they agree. Do. I agree. I mean, if he's if he's fit, he should be playing. July eighth, by the way, uh, the El Trafico uh, Galaxy LAFC could very well be the first game back, unless they hold them back because there's too much pressure in that game. You know, 
<laughs> I'm just kidding. There's, there's no two no, <laughs> no, let's uh so uh, children. Top story yes. today is very easy here on Soccer in the City. Ronnie Dyla, it was announced this morning, uh, is departing or has departed. Uh, he'll run standard Liege practice on Tuesday morning. So he's already over in Belgium. He's gonna run their training session. Nick Cushing uh, ran his second training session today as the interim uh, manager uh, for New York City FC and uh, New York City getting ready to play Colorado. I did want to play, you know, Ronnie Dyla. Uh, we talked to him so often, and I had him on the pregame uh, before almost every game. But in preseason, uh, I don't know if you guys remember, I had him for 45 minutes, part of my uh, the coaching academy on Sirius XMFC, and then I also put it up on YouTube. And I thought there, there, there was a certain turning point maybe. And, and what I liked about Ronnie is that, he was continuing to learn, you know, he was sometimes he, you know, had his way and he was going to stick with it. But I thought, remember that streak, the, uh, the, the famous streak, which included the two nil loss to uh, Chicago in 2021 before they went on that run to win MLS cup. And this is what he uh, told me about it. I think one of the things we learned there was can't be too serious. No, the, the fun part. I think that we, we forgot, uh, you know, because we really, really wanted to achieve something. And then when you over overdo things and you maybe speak too much about tactics, speak too much about what need to improve, then you, you, you lose the joy of it sometimes. And I think that was the, what happened after the game in Chicago was the, uh, the, the bottom level. I, you know, I've, as long as I coached this team, that was the worst game we played because not, not necessary because we what we did, but I didn't see any energy. I didn't see any spirit. I didn't see any fight. And then before that day, I had talked a lot about, you know, that we have to understand the importance of the game and people have to go to the in themselves. And, you know, and at once as this game started, I understand of you know, what a bad decision you make there. Because mm. the game was played a hundred times and they were tied before the game started. That's from February 1st, 2022. Uh, Ronnie Dyla now uh, in uh, in Belgium for Standard Liège. And uh, so uh, a day of, I'm sure, of sadness losing Ronnie Dyla, a guy who led uh, New York City to MLS Cup, but uh, uh, a day of joy for a guy like Nick Cushing, who's been waiting for this opportunity as well. So there you have it. Yeah, you know, that reminded me, uh, Pat Riley's Knicks. Oh, John is going to hate this, but sorry, John. Pat Riley's Knicks during a really bad streak, and it was about the mentality. And what he did is that he took the team to Vegas for two days during a break. <laughs> and then from there, he took them to Vegas to forget about basketball, to forget about everything, to get them in a different state of mind, and then, you know, go back and play the season. So, uh, And it was effective for him. So those things uh, worked. I put my tip of the day out once, John. You, I think John liked this one. It was one of those, you know, if you sense that your team is really struggling, you know, they're just, they're just, you know, completely overwhelmed and it's not going well, uh, consider altering your training session or just taking them out for a couple of slices. You know, and I, I think you really have to, you do have to recognize that. And I think we should recognize that Ronnie Dyla uh, could look outside of himself and, and really had a clear picture uh, about the people. And uh, which is why I think uh, he'll always have success. I, I have a question for both of you. And, and it's me bringing topics from Twitter world. Okay. So I read today after the announcement 
from someone and I don't even, I don't, it's, it's not necessarily credit anybody because this is a conversation around Twitter, but they were saying NYCFC is such a good roster. It was built so well that Ronnie Dalla didn't have so much of an impact and whoever was the coach will won MLS Cup and will do what he did. I don't think so. You know why? Because no, it takes more that. it takes more than the, the depth of the roster to manage a team. Right, John? I, I don't I don't buy that at all. And when you listen to Rob Vertugian, Nick Cushing, Medi Belushi, uh, some of the players we've been able to interact with, uh, I think his ability to bring this team together and keep them, you know, in a positive way during moments that might we would construe as negative. And knowing that it's just the course of life that we're going to get through if we do it together, I think he was able to get that message across, and not every manager can. And so I would I would disagree with that just because of that. But yet yeah, the roster has been built pretty nicely, I think. Also, I agree with that part think? for sure. The roster is very nice, but you have to have the right guy who can take that roster and uh, get the most out of it. And you can have the best players, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to win a championship every year or you're going to win a championship at all. So, no, I think the manager has a lot to do with it. I don't think you can just plug in any manager and they're going to win anyway. That Remember, that team was on a, was on a five-game streak of not scoring goals. And then they were able to turn that around. And then from then on, they didn't lose. So, uh, you know, it, you're not going to win all the time just because you happen to have the best talent uh, in the league or any given day. So, no, I agree. Okay. Okay. All right. And, and yes. What, well, hold when, on. I want to give uh, Roberto one thing here. Then do you want to close with something? How did I got something up on my screen here? Yes. I didn't know you guys we, were listen, allowed to add things. What is you, it? I, I, I added, you play it. That will be our end okay we all right say goodbye, the end. you let it roll all right well first okay. ethan horvath yeah. is starting a goal for the u.s against el salvador not sean johnson not matt turner and roberto you get the final word regarding the u.s men's national team in this game tomorrow night it's an interesting it's an interesting game because if we remember the united states started off uh world cup qualifying against el salvador in el salvador and they tied zero zero we expect the u.s team to be a hell of a lot better than it was that day only because of the fact that it's been a year and a half since that happened and this team should have elevated its quality and matured um it, there's a big decision that um uh, that greg bearhalter is going to have to make even if they with a 26-man roster you're not carrying four goalies i don't think you're carrying four goalies and uh, it's going to be interesting to see if Johnson's on that plane or not uh, or who he's leading off. Johnson will probably be the only goalkeeper who's going to be playing regularly at that time unless somebody like Stefan or Matt Turner or Horvath goes out on loan or winds up winning uh, the, the duel to be able to be the starting keepers on their, on their teams. So uh, that between that and number nine and the center of defense, are the three areas where he's got to make some really, really tough decisions, Greg Berhalter. And, uh, you know, tomorrow uh, against El Salvador in Cuscatlan is, uh, is another opportunity for players to step up. I have a prediction. Greg Berhalter is going to pick who he thinks his best two goalkeepers are. And then his third keeper, if Sean Johnson is not one of those two, is Sean Johnson. Because of his veteran presence in the locker room, he knows he'll handle the situation well. He knows that if in some event he's going to have to step out there, he'll be able to handle it because of his experience. 
But I think uh, Sean Johnson is a massive presence uh, in that group. I, I hear him talk about the camaraderie and the different things, and I think he's a, a major player in that. I think a lot of people speak to Sean Johnson, the younger players within that group. So that's my prediction. Sean Johnson's on the plane to Cutter. And he I helped himself I, I in that game against that. Uruguay. Yeah. I'm sorry, John. No, no, I'm just saying I agree with that. These games are only, uh, you know, a little a little page on the book that Berhalter has to write in each player. And, and, if, and, and to my point of view, he, he knows now the three goalkeepers, and he had them on his hand. All right, guys. Uh, so, John, am I closing with this completely? No, just like – Just let it we'll, ride. Say, we'll say, say goodbye, goodbye. And you finish – You'll finish this whenever the cliff finishes. All right. Well, Roberto and I, we've got the English and the Spanish radio commentary coming up on Sunday. Colorado Rapids visiting Yankee Stadium in New York City FC. Our airtime, 445 for the pregame show. Uh, Maddie Lawrence and I at 4 p.m. Eastern will have our uh, pregame live stream. Roberto and Ariel will have their live stream at 3.30 uh, Eastern time ahead of that uh, 5 p.m. kickoff. Yes, Roberto. Download the new NYCFC app, and now you can listen to the game straight there. In the stadium, man. Bring your phone, hold it up to your ear, and if it's five or six seconds delay, just deal with it. Yeah, <laughs> it's not that bad. It's only Yeah, it is only five or six seconds. It really isn't that terrible. All right, guys. Wonderful to chat, and uh, we will close with this. We went to balls on Texas. We won the... This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.